Welcome to the Legacy and Faith Show featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant. The Legacy and Faith Show is about the journey of discovering how to create plans that protect wealth and family values for generations. And now the host of the Legacy and Faith Show, Paul Grant. Along with co-host Mark Holland, another edition of the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant, estate and tax planning attorney, looking this week once again at the biblical foundation for estate planning. We got through stages one and two and into stage three this week, financial integration. Yeah. So we've uh, done some past shows already. You can head over to my website, LegacyandFaith.com. Podcasts are there. These are all coming from a foundation series of the life cycle of estate planning. That was done at the um, end of last year. I think it's like eight different mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sections, mm-hmm, if I remember properly. Mm-hmm. And that gives kind of the legal description, the le- the practical side of estate planning. And so now we're looking at the biblical foundation of why we do estate planning. And so um, first one was exploration and wisdom. And so as we looked at exploration and wisdom, we used a lot of different proverbs in here because it's a it, proverbs has a lot of discussions about finding wisdom. Um, So in Proverbs 13 and verse 18, it says, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction, but he that regards reproof shall be honored. In that same chapter, verse 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. In the next chapter, Proverbs 14, 18, it says, the simple inherit folly. I don't want to inherit folly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. So really what it is, is that we seek after wisdom. It leads to knowledge. Knowledge leads us into righteousness and righteousness aligns us properly with God's word. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the journey of finding wisdom, gaining knowledge, moving into righteousness so that we can be properly aligned with, um, with the, the Word of God. As a matter of fact, 3 John then also says, 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So all of that we talk about starts with the foundation of us knowing our Lord, knowing our Savior, knowing the Word, that our soul continues to prosper. And as our soul prospers, then our alignment to His Word becomes more and more natural to us. Because unfortunately, living in this earth for so long, our flesh tends to be naturally aligned with whatever the world has given us, and we want to realign our our allegiance, realign our commitment back to the things of God. And so that starts at the soul level that we need to align our our spirit and our soul back to the foundation of biblical truth, which is why I'm even taking this journey with us, which is what's the biblical foundation for estate planning. So now we're into the financial integration. So in other words, when we've built things in this earth, when we've gained wisdom, and we've used God's wisdom that he's given us and our skill set to bring something into our possession. Now it's a matter of handing it off to the next generation in a proper way, in a biblical way. 
And um, many times I've talked about that um, stewardship. So we're going to talk about stewardship today because that's really financial integration. How do we steward over our finances so that we can actually abide by Proverbs 13, 22, which says that we should give an inheritance to our children's children. Well, we do it by stewardship. And maybe some of the things of stewardship that I'm going to talk about, uh, maybe they're there's just a little bit of a slight bend, but I think you're going to find that it, it's a pretty mainstream, down the bowling alley uh, discussion about stewardship. But it's really critical at this stage. It's really critical because if we talk about financial integration, now on the practical approach in estate planning, what that means is that your assets must align with the plan. So if we use a will and beneficiary designations, if we use a trust, then your assets need to be in trust. Okay, and those are the differences between those two tools. If we use a trust and it's not in the name of your trust, your asset is not titled properly, then that is going to lead us back to a journey of probate. And a trust should avoid that process. It shouldn't um, take us to court. It should avoid court. That's one of the main purposes that we use a trust is that if we don't want to have our family under the purview of the court system, then we use a, a revocable living trust. And so, um, but everything has to be titled properly. So, for example, if I have a bank account, I have it under Paul Grant, but now I have a trust. So it has to be under the Paul Grant Trust or whatever it's called. But nonetheless, the title, in other words, how it looks at the bank or how it looks at the financial institution or your home has to be retitled into the name of your trust instead of being held in your personal name. All of these things, all of these things are financial integration. But there's a spiritual financial integration that must also take place. So the practical side of estate planning is we need to get every single asset you own to align and be in concert with the plan that you have used. Okay, but on the on the switch end, there's a spiritual financial integration that we want to talk about today. And also in Psalms 111, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. And that almost aligns there with Third John, which is, uh, that everything will prosper when your soul prospers. So your delight is found in him and in him alone. Okay, you, If you are concerned that wealth or riches will begin to deviate your heart away from the Lord, and a lot of the, the scriptures that give us warning about riches are found, or the solution is found right here. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. You want to set up your life to be insulated from being trapped by the love of money? Then just keep your focus on him and him alone. And you will not go down that worldly trap because your eyes will be focused upon the goodness of God and that he has been your provider and that he has given you more than enough so that you can be generous on every occasion. That's why you have more than enough. It's not to store it up and keep it. It's so that you can be generous on every occasion. So trust in him. He is your phenomenal provider. 
and he will continue to give you more and more as you are freely giving to his work. When you give, it'll be pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing shall man give into your bosom. And so there is a concept and a spiritual law that says the more generous you are, the more that he will give you. And so be generous and fix your eyes upon him and him alone. Psalm 112 continues in verse 2, His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Do you want your kids to be upright and to be blessed? Then we create that spiritual foundation in our home in order to gain that. And then it goes on to say, Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness will endure forever. So, It's really hard to get away from this scripture. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. When we fix our eyes, when our heart aligns with the word of God, he blesses us and we will find wealth and riches to be in our house. And so as we gain this, as we walk this journey of faith, and as we begin to see the blessing of the Lord, and of course that can come in many different ways. And let's not get... Um, overly caught up on how much does it mean to have wealth and riches. I've talked about this in previous shows. One person who has $100,000 can think they are so beyond blessed that that their mind is blown because they've never had anything in their lifetime. And yet somebody with $2 million can grumble and complain and believe that they don't have enough. Okay, so it's not about the dollar value. It is about receiving and and administrating and being generous with what God has given you, regardless of what that, that ultimate number is. So don't get caught up in how much is that or, oh, Paul's preaching about prosperity again. Yes, I am. The cross was given so that you could be made whole in all areas of your life. And that is a prosperous life. When I live healthy, when I have peace of heart, peace of mind, when I have right thinking, when I am committed to the Lord, when my children follow after the heart of God, that is wealth. And so wealth looks many, uh, um, a broad spectrum of wealth. So yes, I believe in wealth and riches from God, but I'm not going to define it in a dollar value. That that would be foolishness. It shows up in many different ways. So, so wealth and riches come when we are devoted to him and our hearts are turned towards him and our joy is greatly in the commandments. So we got to be students of the word in order to receive the blessing that we are to walk in. We can't live a double-minded life. We can't live one, one foot in the world and one foot in faith. That will never work. You will be born again and you will have salvation, but you will never know the true beauty and the true provision of your Lord and Savior as long as you are living a double standard. And that double standard is either get into walking this journey of faith or it's just simply not going to work. You have to be committed fully to the things of God. So be committed to him. He is good in all his ways and he wants to bless you. His promises are yes unto, unto him and amen 
So God has said yes to his promises, and we say amen unto, um, unto his glory through us is what um, 2 Corinthians says. So we need to be devoted to his word, devoted to, um, to his word, devoted to understanding his promises so that they can become the reality in our life, so that we can begin to demonstrate the power and authority of Jesus Christ in this earth. So, the wealth doesn't just mean financial contribution, even though it can mean that. It means a fullness of life that the cross has purchased for us. So, we need to have that. And we're going to look at Matthew 25 as we come out of break. But the first thing about financial integration is, do we have the right heart when we're thinking about our finances? Do we have the right focus of committing ourselves to the Lord, committing ourselves to his word, so that when we do receive the financial blessing, we know exactly what to do of it because our vision is solely on him and we can be generous with what he has given us. Your, the wealth that God is giving you, whether it is $10 or $10 million, that is intended for kingdom purposes as well as your earthly purposes. And so how are you utilizing your finances, regardless of how you define wealth in your, in your checking account? Have a heart that is after him, and you will find your purpose with what God has given you. The Biblical Foundations of Good Estate Planning this week with Paul Grant, the Legacy and Faith Show. People are intrigued. They need help. They want to work on that estate plan with you. How do they get in touch with you, Paul? Head over to our website, LegacyandFaith.com. You can find past podcasts. You can find upcoming educational sessions. Contact us. So much more. There might even be a picture of me. So therefore, (laughs) it's a great gig to go over to LegacyandFaith.com. Back with more of the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant in just a moment. Hi, this is Paul Grant with the Legacy and Faith Show. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. God's people need to be fully prepared in managing their finances and ensuring that their wealth is properly transferred. It is our passion to bring this knowledge to the body of Christ. If your church would benefit from having a financial and estate session that is biblically based, then I encourage you to reach out to us so that we can help design and implement a specific and strategic session for your church. Or if you are interested in estate planning services, then I likewise encourage you to reach out to us. You can go to LegacyInFaith.com and receive all the information you need. Again, go to LegacyInFaith.com. Your photos, slides, scrapbooks, and home movies are invaluable and irreplaceable. Barry Kenny here with The Bear Services. Call us to save them as digital files to be stored electronically and shared liberally. We will even come to you so they stay in your possession. Go to thebearservices.com for more information. That's thebearservices.com. We now return to the Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant, and continue today's practical discussion to apply biblical principles for kingdom purposes. Along with co-host Mark Holland, it's the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant this week, looking at the biblical foundation of estate planning. And uh, during the break, we were kind of saying these principles apply whatever kind of governmental system people live under. I mean, communist societies, uh, you know, uh, some kind of a theocracy, people still get ahead. And the Bible is full of examples of people who have prospered even though they're even in slavery. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that yeah. doesn't really apply to us personally today, 
But these principles work wherever you are. Yeah, because God is true. Um, and so he, he's not a man that he should lie. And that's why we can put our full faith and trust in him. And that was my kind of call there um, for, for a moment, which is come over and live under the principles of God and God alone and, and leave the principles and the thought processes and the way that you gain wealth and gain money from the world system. There is a better system. There is a system of righteousness and peace and joy in the journey when we live under biblical principles because we can trust our God that they are absolutely true every time. And it doesn't matter where we're at and, and how we're doing. As a matter of fact, we're even going to look at um, in Matthew at the the parable of the talents and it actually flows right into this parable. So you did, I don't even think you knew I was going there, but it really does set us up right. perfectly for this. So, um, so we know that the story of the talents, as a matter of fact, as we talk about stewardship, because we're talking about financial integration, the step of financial integration, I gave at the top that on a legal practical approach, that means that we have to retitle things. But on a stewardship approach, we have to have proper alignment to how we utilize and manage our funds for kingdom purposes in order to be found faithful to him. And really, we call that in our Christianese terms, stewardship. So we do stewardship. So let's talk about it. This is probably the most common parable when we talk about stewardship. And it's found in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. And it's where uh, the master gives talents in different amounts of talents to three different people. The first two double their talents. They they double what the master gave them. And then the third one, just as a quick um, overview of the parable, is the third one, they bury it and they get uh, pretty much scorched by the master when mm-hmm. he comes back and says, well, what did you do? Well, I just buried it. So let's talk about this because... I think there's some really key stewardship principles when we talk about financial integration as it applies to estate planning that we really need to elicit from this. So first of all, in verse 14, it says, um, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man. Now, any time that Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like this, I stop because I want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like. I am here on earth and I am operating under one of two kingdoms. I'm either operating under the kingdom of this earth, which is ruled by Satan at this time, and it's not ruled by God because king, because unfortunately Satan has the uh, dominion and control of this earth, or I can move out of that dominion, that kingdom, and move under the kingdom of heaven's principles and operate there. So anytime I see Jesus talk about the kingdom of heaven, I want to stop because that is my key for living this journey as a successful Christian here and now in a broken, devastated world. And I don't want to live according to that system. I want to live according to the righteousness and the purity of God's system. So therefore, this is an important parable. If Jesus starts his sentence by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like... So that word kingdom means the dominion and authority of heaven here on earth. It doesn't mean when I get to heaven, this is how it's going to work. It means right now, this is what operates if we elect to run under the cover of our heavenly father. So number one is that 
the man, he was traveling and he called his own servants. Now, let's think through about his own servants. His own servants is that he didn't use someone else's. Rather, his own servants. Now, this is some guesswork. So, so give me a little bit of grace as I talk about this area. But what I believe that this is talking about is that um, if they are your servants, they have probably been with you for more than a day or two. So in other words, the master has been watching over these individuals. The master knows how these individuals respond. He knows their work ethic. He knows how they manage his kingdom for him. He knows exactly how they manage money, how they put it back into the system or whether they keep it for themselves. And so the master, in my opinion, has been watching his servants and he gives intentionally. He gives certain talents, in other words, certain possessions to each one of the servants based upon what he has been observing with those servants. So let me talk about this for a quick instant, which is how are you as a servant in your own workplace? Are you a servant that that your own boss can entrust you with more? Have you been working diligently? Have you been working as if that business is your own? Have you been faithful? Have you been leaving your pins at work instead of taking them home? All the little stuff that we have to worry about is... So, of course, I say that in mild joking, but, but have we been taking unrightfully? Are we taking breaks that are longer than usual? Are we answering our phone calls um, at work? Are we answering personal emails? Are we researching things on the internet that should be done at home? Do we have integrity at work? If you don't have integrity at work, how are you going to be entrusted with things that truly matter from the Father's heart? How are you going to be trusted with things that, that if you are doing things to your own boss that are not fully righteous, if you are not going to work ready to give your all and demonstrate the beauty and the mercy and the grace and the hard work of our Lord, then how is he going to entrust you with other things? So people watch and the master was watching his servants and then When he called him, he gave, he delivered, he surrendered and entrusted his goods to the three different people. To one, he gave five, okay? Um, Another uh, another two and another one. And it says in verse 15 of Matthew 25, to every man according to his abilities. That word ability means power and specifically miraculous power, believe it or not. It means strength in your work ability. It, it, it's from a root word that means the ability and the possibilities. In other words, what do you believe are your possibilities? What have you demonstrated your skill set to be? Do you learn more skills or are you just content with going to work and taking your paycheck? Because people are watching and you are getting exactly what you are giving. So this word ability is I found it very interesting. Miraculous power. That that really speaks to me. That as I am demonstrating what I what I am giving to my employers, what I'm giving to clients, they are watching what my faith level is. So we know the story that the first one then in verse 16, he was given 5 and now listen carefully, he went out and he traded 
the same. In other words, he put into motion what God had given him, what the master had given him. He did not just hold it for himself. Good stewardship is using money wisely. It is using money for good purposes. It is engaged in the process of having it grow. It is not simply holding it. It is not simply trying to preserve it and be cheap. It is actually the opposite. And we find this because the one who had won, he buried it. And he came, came back at the end of the story. And he said, I was afraid. And so I hid it because I knew that you were a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gather where you did not, um, where you did not plant. And so, by the way, That's a wrong perspective of his master. His master said, well, if you believed this, then you would have acted like this. If you truly believed that, then you would have done something. In other words, you would have at least put it on at the bank so I got a little bit of interest if that was your belief system. It was not an acknowledgement that that's who God is. He was simply, Jesus in the parable was simply saying, if that's your belief system, you should have responded accordingly. And so, A stewardship, then, is engaging your finances so that it can grow and actually work for the purposes of the kingdom. And that is really proper stewardship, in my opinion. Okay, some of the heart of Paul Grant this week as he's looking at the biblical foundation of estate planning. People are intrigued. They would like some help with their estate plan. They don't have any plan, and they'd like to get started uh, how, what do people do to get in touch with you, Paul? Well, head over to my website, LegacyInFaith.com. Podcasts, educational sessions coming up, oh, the oh, ways to get in contact with us, LegacyInFaith.com. LegacyInFaith.com. Always great stuff. The Legacy in Faith Show with estate and tax planning attorney, Paul Grant, here on KCIS. Thank you for joining us for the Legacy in Faith Show. You can find more information about the show and Paul Grant at LegacyInFaith.com. Join us next week at the same time as we learn to build God's kingdom and continue our journey on how to protect wealth and family values for generations. All discussions on the Legacy and Faith Show are intended to be about general legal issues. If a situation applies to you, then we encourage you to seek specific legal advice. Please do not rely upon any discussions from this program in place of having a personal relationship with your attorney. Any listener question that may have been answered also does not constitute legal advice and does not establish a client-attorney relationship.